Hello there and welcome to the fourth episode of Ecomomics, the podcast for all you parents and guardians out there who run the household, mind the kids and manage the family budget. We're still Lisa and Tanya and as mothers ourselves we know what it's like trying to balance hectic busy lives with trying to make the right consumer choices in order to safeguard the planet for our children and our children's children. As Taoiseach Micheál Martin said recently at the United Nations Climate Change Convention known as COP27 in Egypt, if this generation doesn't step up urgently, future generations will not forgive us. Ooh, go Michal. Yeah. He also warned that people will become increasingly cynical, weary and hopeless if words are not urgently matched by deeds, if commitments do not generate new realities. Well, Michal and your merry band of cabinet colleagues, welcome to the world of our frustration. We're delighted you finally copped on to the need for action, not hot air. Exactly. The current slow pace of change is is an everyday stumbling block for all of us consumers, particularly moms who do the lion's share of shopping and who want to make choices to live more sustainably, but can't. Agreed. Across the board of mainstream grocery shopping, from potatoes to pasta, mince to mange too, the public are disincentivised and dissuaded from making more climate-friendly choices. Supermarkets and suppliers are allowed to trundle on, business as usual, stocking products and produce with enough climate emissions and non-compostable packaging to sink the planet. Hashtag cop on, Aldi, Dunn's, Lidl, Supervalue and Tesco. And you're right Taoiseach, the science is clear. Every tonne of carbon warms the world. Every delay makes our task that bit bigger. Let's not waste a second more. Well, as kitchen table climate activists ourselves, The revolution will not be televised. It'll be podcasted. Yeah. These sort of lift service platitudes served up at COP27 are just getting on our nerves. What else did he say? Oh yeah, the world is witnessing the reality of a changing climate with record temperatures, wildfires, floods and droughts. No shit, Sherlock. Haven't the scientists been warning us about this for such a long time? Well, if it's a guide to meaningful action you want, Michal, stick with us, babe. We'll put you on the straight and narrow. Yeah. After all, when it comes to tackling problems and coming up with workable solutions with calmish heads, it's the moms who run the world. Woohoo! And if you're still not sure about who we are or why you should bother taking half an hour or so out of your valuable time to listen to this podcast, when really you could squeeze in an episode of season three of Motherland just dropped on Netflix, FYI. Love that show. Then have a listen to our five minute trailer episode. Nothing ventured, nothing gained. Uh, by the way, it says in the trailer episode that we're releasing these podcasts every couple of weeks, but you know yourself, time's money, and since we're not being paid for this... Well, not yet anyway. Come on, the sponsors, where are you? <laughs> we'll put them out ASAP. So, how have your lot been, Tanya? Well, we survived Halloween, the clocks have gone back, and the winter woolies and rain jackets are at the ready. Mind you, it's been so mild that it's either my internal middle-aged thermostat or climate change, but probably a mixture of both. Hopefully both. We're sort of 10 weeks now into the school year, and that's at least 50 dinners we've had to rustle up in our house, give or take a few takeaways or reheats or defrosts or good old reliable cheese toasties. Or a bowl of cereal. Can't beat that with a cup of tea. Or a nice Pinot Grigio. Mm, interesting. Uh, so we thought it's time to stop and take stock of dinner time and offer some ideas on how to make them easy, convenient and sustainable for busy moms, while also keeping them tasty and nutritious. If other moms are anything like me, the question I absolutely dread is, 
What's for dinner? Yeah, it's like in Friends when Chandler describes his reaction to hearing Janice's voice. His testicles jump back up inside his body. What's the mother's equivalent of that? Oh my God! <laughs> Same so. Uh, it's such a scourge. Day in, day out. No wonder I sometimes fantasise about having a food replicator like they had in Star Trek. Just key in what meal you want and hey presto, it manifests. Sounds amazing. I don't know what your daughter is like, but when my daughter was younger, and I might say in the morning that I'll make something for dinner that night, and she'd be looking forward to having that dinner, but I was too tired or too busy, and I didn't get the ingredients during the day, and it was definitely very sad, disappointed faces around the dinner table that night. Yeah. Kids and households do go through phases of eating the same thing. Yeah, Emily loved the old chicken noodle soup. Yeah, and I'm afraid Jolie is a fan of cocoa noodles, which are very popular. They're so easy, uh, but... They're not good to eat regularly. They've got palm oil, flavour enhancers, MSG. Yum. <laughs> which is obviously what makes them so delicious. And of course, the downside, the big downside, it's wrapped in that sort of light plastic packaging that's difficult to recycle and mostly ends up incinerated. Uh, what was dinner like when you were a kid, Lisa? Well, I suppose fairly traditional Irish, meat and two veg, like most households in the 70s and 80s. Yeah, same as that. Summers were salads, potato salad, cold cuts, I love that phrase, beetroot from a jar, lettuce and tomatoes with buttered sliced pan on the side. Mm. And tea with salad. You have to have tea with salad, even though it might be roasting outside. So tell me, was it homemade or tinned potato salad? Uh, I'm afraid it was tinned. And do you remember there was also the Russian salad in a tin? Remember that? With oh, the, I loved it. Yeah. The salad cream, absolutely drowning, covered, covering cubed, perfectly cubed carrots and potatoes. And there was a lot of peas in there. There was absolutely nothing Russian about it, really. Absolutely nothing at all. Like winter for me is more about the hearty warming meals, you know, stews and they're like a hug in a bowl. When we were younger, dessert on a Sunday was something like stewed apples and custard. The old traditional bird's powder custard. Yeah. Not They hadn't made up the uh, plastic cartons that you get the custard in these days. Yeah, more is the pity. Yeah. Oh, I love a good dinner, dinner, or the dinner, as my Auntie Mary used to call it. Um, You'd have a roast, preferably pork, and uh, veg and roasters. Sorry, we call them roasties. That must be a dub thing. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, gravy on the side, though. I hate when they drown everything in the gravy. Yeah. Even still... Meat and veg are the staples of the average Irish dinner. And even if we've got a bit fancier or more adventurous about how we cook them. The issue is with where these dinner ingredients are coming from and the repercussions for the planet. Mm-hmm. The, like the big five supermarkets are stocking veg coming from far off countries from four corners of the world, imported via air and sea and lorry. Some of those veg have travelled further than you or I did in the last year. Lucky them. But according to the Central Statistics Office, Ireland has impo- is importing phenomenal volumes of vegetables. And so in 2020, would you believe, we imported 75,000 tonnes of potatoes, which were worth 35 million euro, 38,500 tonnes of onions, which was 23 million euro, 25,000 tonnes of tomatoes at 46 million, another 25,000 tonnes of cabbage, which were 26 million, and even 20,000 tonnes of carrots, which cost 12 million. Wow. Is there, I can't, see, I can't understand importing produce that needs... I can understand importing produce that needs a warmer climate, but surely when it comes to pops and cabbage and carrots, we should be able to grow enough of that ourselves. Absolutely. And then when it comes to meat, and not to vilify meat eaters out there because we, we eat meat ourselves, yeah. but in moderation, 
It's certainly not like we used to. When we were kids, it was meat almost every day, then a roast on a Sunday and fish on Friday. Yeah, and a stew that would go on on a Monday and run for the week with different things added in. The flavour just got better and better, like a good wine. Yeah. But there was no drop of vino added to the stews in those <laughs> days, I can tell you. I'm not even sure how Blue Nun or Black Tower would have tasted in them anyway. Would probably a bit like adding vinegar to your chips. <laughs> well, look, meat needs not to be taken for granted. Better to have sort of a higher quality and perhaps a higher price, but just eat less of it or have it less regularly. Even the award-winning chef Angela Hartnett was talking on Saturday Kitchen on the BBC last weekend about this very yeah. idea. Yeah, and a major study around this time last year was published in Nature Food found that production of meat worldwide causes twice the pollution of production of plant-based foods. And, and just to put it into perspective, to produce one kilogram of wheat is 2.5 kilograms of greenhouse gases are emitted. Wow. A single kilo of beef, meanwhile, creates 70 gram- kilograms of emissions. Wow, well, no wonder they don't want us to eat meat anymore. Yeah. Our meat production has expanded to the point where there are approximately three chickens for every human on the planet. And we have to ask, how far did those chickens have to travel to get on our plates? If they've flown, and not under their own steam, they've come halfway around the world to get here, and that's not good for the climate. Certainly not. Do you know that there is the ethical butcher in the UK leading a conscious consumption campaign to reconnect consumers to with nature and to consider buying less but higher quality meat that is sustainably reared? And who would have thought that vegetarians and vegans would find an ally in the butcher sector? Very unusual. And we also need to mention the whole processed meat sector, supplying the fast food, frozen and ready meal sections. We know people are feeling the pinch financially and the pressure to feed a family, whether big or small, on a budget, doesn't necessarily allow for the luxury of opting for more expensive meat products. But if you keep listening, we'll talk more about economical and economical ways to shop and cook for a family using less quantity but higher quality seasonal meat and veg. Great. Um, Hey, listen, only the other week, the Pope was encouraging Catholics to return to eating fish on Friday for the climate crisis. Oh, bless. But thankfully, it's not the sacrifice or compulsory deprivation deprivation it once was, or was perceived to be. That old boiled and tasteless fish with no, not even a glug of olive oil to to judge it up. Yeah, yeah. Your favourite, the bit of teriyaki sauce. That makes a great... um, uh, salmon teriyaki sauce uh, over a bit of salmon yeah look at all look at all that you can do now f- with fish like and you know i love that uh, board be a uh, tv ad where the mom wants to try something a bit more exotic don't we all <laughs> yeah except uh, i like her uh, hey curry is about as exciting as my friday night gets <laughs> anyway let's get back to it we're here to give you some advice on how to try something a little bit different when it comes to more climate friendly dinner times and who knows it might even spice things up in the kitchen. Mm, wouldn't that be great? <laughs> First up, the big thing is try to shop for seasonal, seasonal and locally sourced produce where you can and cook what's in season. We've just had the autumn harvest, so shops should have an abundance of fresh vegetables and fruit available to us. Yeah. Bourbia, again, good old Bourbia, um, yeah. have a really useful best-in-season fruit and veg calendar on their website, which highlights what homegrown uh, fruit and veg are in season each month? So like November is good for broccoli, carrots, beetroot, cabbage, Brussels sprouts, cauliflower, celery, and much, much more. We put a link on that uh, uh, to that um, website on our social at ecomomics underscore IE so you can check it out. 
My favourite meal of the year is Christmas dinner because it has all of these produce on the plate. Yeah, me too. I love Brussels sprouts. A much maligned vegetable. Me too. The big five supermarkets should be stocking all these vegetables that are locally produced on the island of Ireland. And that's where we as parents should be demanding them to do. We did a sweep of supermarkets this week and while there was a good supply of Irish carrots and spuds in stock, there were also apples from New Zealand and blueberries from Poland. It's pretty despairing when we've got Irish apples in season and blueberries can be cultivated in Ireland. Yeah, absolutely. If the carrots available, bagged in single-use plastic bags, mind, have been flown from Italy or Israel, yet they're in season for nine months of the year and grown in this country, it's time to ask, what's up, Doc? <laughs> and as we spoke about in previous episodes, supermarkets make a virtue of not being beaten on price. But why not make a virtue of stocking produce with low carbon miles and even better Irish grown fruit and vegetables? If the government, all revved up after COP27, get their act together, this sort of carbon emission declaration may be forced on supermarkets and suppliers. So why don't they just get ahead of the curve? Yeah, we become so accustomed to seeing avocados on our shelves 12 months a year, but it has become a highly unsustainable global commodity crop fraught with issues. They are imported from thousands of miles away. It takes a huge amount of water to grow them. Growers are victimised and poorly paid for their crops. And yet they are on every breakfast and brunch menu around the country. All year round. And totally taken for granted as a regular ingredient now. It should really be regarded as a treat and not a staple. Thankfully a lot of climate conscious chefs are looking at alternatives to using avocados. Like Thomasina Myers, the co-founder of the Mexican restaurant Oaxaca who created a vibrant green guacamole-inspired dip made from fava beans, green chilli, lime and coriander. But guess what it's called? Go on, tell me. Oaxacamole. <laughs> <laughs> love it. <laughs> I love it. Do you know, what I find is that more often than not, the avocados that you buy in the shops are hard or rubbery or pretty tasteless or even black inside once they're cut open. So, like, after paying anything from one to three euros often pack, uh, packaged in a plastic for, you know, the pair of them would be pack, packaged in a plastic or with that, uh, you know, plastic st- uh, string stuff. stuff around them. What a, pos- a pointless negative impact on the planet. Um, it's just unreal. First time I had guacamole was in America, in a Mexican restaurant, where the waiter made the guacamole fresh at the table. And it was a real reverential showcase of this piece of fruit. It is a fruit, isn't it? It I is, think so, yeah. And it should be a treat, not a stable. And same should apply to almost all foreign or unseasonal produce brought into the country. So what we want to do is encourage moms out there to check the produce country of origin in store before buying it. If it's not something sourced on the island of Ireland, choose fruit or veg that has travelled the least to get here. So if it's a choice between New Zealand or France, go for France. Yeah, we've totally lost track of what is in season because it's sourced from so far away. There's no kind of, there's no rhythm to seasonality of available produce, do you find? Uh, We need to get back to basics and to reconnect with it, to make it instinctual from a consumer point of view that we change our diets and recipes according to the produce that are in season. And you know what? The big five supermarkets have a big part to play in facilitating an information flow about this. Absolutely. And one thing is to get the kids involved in understanding about this seasonality. They understand about seasonality when it comes to Halloween or Easter or Christmas. Of course they do. So it surely can't be that much of a difficult extension to get them to understand the importance of seasonal eating. Yeah, totally. 
And there are many benefits of sourcing locally. It creates and supports home employment. It cuts down on flights and importation costs and carbon emissions. And probably the best reason of all, the food is fresher and contains more minerals and vitamins. Absolutely. And then, but again, frozen vegetables are a good alternative if you can't get fresh. If they could just sort out the plastic packaging and use a compostable alternative. Mm -hmm. There's an opportunity there for the Irish frozen vegetable brand Strong Roots who claim on their website to be rooted in good and that they take action on sustainability, not because they should, but because they must Mm -hmm. for a better world. So maybe they could lead the way in terms of compostable packaging. Yeah, that would be good. Um, Actually, there was no reference to how to dispose of their packaging on their bags when I checked them out in the supermarkets this week. There really is a missed opportunity there because... Like the same goes for Green Isle, another major Irish supplier of frozen foods. Mm-hmm. Maybe they should consider joining up with the Carbon Trust Initiative, which works with companies to help them effectively measure, manage and reduce the footprint of their products. Just saying. Mm-hmm. Good idea. Uh, do you remember that TV ad, though, uh, with Patsy Kensett in the early 70s when she popped her mouth? I do indeed. Like popping peas from a pod. And birds, I claim, uh, their peas are harvested and frozen in two and a half hours, locking in flavour and nutrients. Yet their packaging, their plastic packaging, will take hundreds of years to decompose in the environment or produce a fair bit of carbon when incinerated, which are currently the only options for disposing of their plastic packaging waste. Mm, Not good. No. Like Jamie Oliver in his new TV series where he makes meals for under a pound sterling proportion talks about using frozen veg as a great way to avoid food waste and it's good for the planet too again if they could just get their packaging sorted. Yeah and again like when we were young we ate seasonally because that's all that was available. Mm. There wasn't the prevalence of ready meals or takeaways or highly processed convenience food. I remember when McDonald's opened in Ireland so that's uh, telling you something. And our treat was fish and chips from Macari's on a Friday. Talk about exotic, yeah. Do you know, my dad grew spuds and carrots every year um, because there was five of us in the family, so five kids. So he, he and mom had to be very cost conscious and resourceful. Um, so he would harvest them. Then mom would peel and slice and blanch them in boiling water, which Ooh. is like, you know, just it was the way of the process and then freeze them. Um, and we used to joke that we could see around corners we ate that many carrots. We How's the ice sat now, Tonya? Well, it was pretty good until all the screen time of the last few years in particular. And of course, age. And look, of course, not everyone has space or time to grow their own. But if you can, try to grow some element of your food yourself. That's a step in the right direction. Yeah. And there's a fantastic Irish company called Grow It Yourself, G-I-Y.ie, who sell a range of grow boxes from Grow Your Own Salad for 19.99 to Kids Grow Box for the same price. And for the more ambitious green-fingered consumer out there, there is a four-season grow boxes for around 80 euros to get you up and running with growing your own seasonal produce. And I know people who have set these up on apartment balconies in cities, you know, and so... That's a great option. And even something as simple as growing your own herbs rather than buying the plastic bags of herbs for a euro or more every time you need to make something for a recipe. And when we checked Tesco this week, so much of these pre-bagged herbs are imported from as far afield as Kenya and Morocco. Oh, for God's sake. Remember Lisa as part of, do you remember in the sustainability course where we met in UCD, uh, we had to each undertake a personal pet project and mine was encouraging our neighbours to green a shared laneway space at the back of uh, two parallel rows of houses, right? And you can check out a bit of that work out on um, at Laneway Heroes 
uh, on Instagram. And my fab neighbours really got behind it. And as well as planting flowers and plants, some also started to grow tomatoes and runner beans and herbs. Um, I even acquired an old filing cabinet and turned it into a herb garden, uh, which everyone is welcome to pick from and use. So just think about ways in which you can grow and share with your neighbours. Absolutely. That's a great uh, reuse scheme there. Um, I'm just thinking like if you go to a top notch restaurant at this time of year, they're always serving what's in season. So at the moment, it's food like pumpkin soup and pheasant. Oh, very fancy, Lisa. You find dine, are you? Pheasant. Oh, nothing but the best. But, but it was my daughter's graduation this week. And the restaurant we were in, even the dessert had Irish apples. But it was far from Renette apples that we were reared. Don't speak for yourself. Look, what those sustainably mindful restaurants and chefs are often doing as well is growing the produce themselves or have local growers delivering in-season fruits and veg to their door. And all of us can avail of these services from local and organic fruit and veg suppliers. We liked the Runner Bean, mm-hmm. um, who deliver to homes and offices in Dublin. But there are many, many more all over the country doing the same. Yeah. And there's also people who grow produce in allotments and are also only delighted to sell or share on their, their excess. Um, I remember a few years ago um, in Stony Batter in Dublin 7, residents used to have a communal garden space near Citric Road. And come harvest time, all the neighbours would come together and enjoy either the citric soup in winter or citric salad in summer using the produce of this communal garden. That's just a lovely idea. Absolutely agree with you there. And some of us are not so gifted in the kitchen. <clears throat> and they can be slightly <clears throat> apprehensive about taking a box of random vegetables that they probably just think they wouldn't know what to do with it. But honestly, something as simple as roasting the veg in the oven, just peel, chop, cover with some olive oil, salt and pepper or paprika, put it in the oven for 180 degrees for about 30 minutes. And there you have it. Beautiful veg. Simple as. Or you could take a leaf out of the chef Nisha Katona's Hindu approach to cooking, which uses Bengali five spice, which sounds very complicated, but actually all it is is a mixture of cumin seeds, nigella seeds, mustard seeds, fennel seeds and fengreek seeds, which instantly turns vegetables into something really flavoursome. Uh, she herself is a very interesting story. She's a former child protection barrister who switched to teaching about Indian cuisine in Britain and started the uh, Mowgli street food charity and restaurant. So she knows a lot about making a little go a long way without compromising on taste. And one dish I saw her prepare recently was so simple. Sounds about my level, Tanya. Well, mine too. So you first you do is what you do is heat a little oil, um, olive oil in a pan. Cook off about a teaspoon of the uh, or so of the Bengali five spice mix until they start you know pop popping but not burning. Add chopped red onion, sweat off the the, the onion, and then just put in at whatever veg you have there peeled and chopped, and they can you can even use leftover over cooked pre cooked vegetables, um. And then what she did is she turned it out onto a rolled out bit of puff pastry, baked it in an oven 200 degrees for 20 minutes and voila, you end up with a delicious veg puff pastry tart. Is that what we're having for lunch yes, today? I know there's moms listening who are going to say there's no way my kids would eat that. But remember when we were kids, we turned up our noses at something. We were reminded of all the poor starving children in Africa. Mm-hmm. But I think we need to engage kids on the importance and need to adapt our eating habits and taste buds because we were in the fight of our lives for the health of the planet and they can play their part by eating more locally sourced produce and fruit. Totally, yeah. And one way, good way to get kids involved in eating more adventurously is to get them involved in making the food. 
they are more likely to eat what they've made themselves. And Pizza Friday is a good place to start and not as messy to clean up um, as most things. I have to say it was a gear, a gear changer for me when I fixed Friday as pizza night. All I had to do was have a few pizza bases in the freezer, a jar of passata sauce and some mozzarella cheese and margarita at the ready. Yeah. And I did a little calculation of what the average cost of these pizzas are. Good for you. Yeah, there you go. So like shopping in Dunn's, right? For, for example, and you can shop in any of the supermarkets and the, the price might vary a little. But for a pack of uh, two pack, uh, two packs of uh, pizza bases, three ninety nine. Uh, jar of passata was about three ninety, uh, but there's definitely more inexpensive ones out there. And I even bought an own brand of mozzarella grated cheese for one seventy nine uh, euros. The total for two pizzas was nine sixty eight. So that's four eighty four per margarita pizza. Now that's nice. Do you know then, Lisa, uh, what a three, 13 and a half inch original cheese and tomato pizza from Domino's or four star pizza costs? I have no idea. Around 17 euros <gasps> plus 30, three euros 50 for delivery. What an absolute riff off when it's essentially a deconstructed cheese and tomato sandwich. That's to me is a pizza. Uh, <laughs> it's just nuts. And, and, and I know what I prefer to spend my money on, you know, so... I mean, uh, th those figures just make it so obvious what you should do. And if you don't have pizza bases, something like a wrap would do as well to be the base of your, your homemade pizza. Yeah. And they can be kept in the freezer and just pull one out as you need one. And if you're very, if you're handy with the old flour and yeast and a bit of water, you can make your own pizza dough, which can be frozen until needed. Yeah, don't look at me for that though. Um, and don't forget, there are chefs out there who know the challenges of trying to get veg into kids. Lots of moms out there who will be familiar with Annabelle Carmel, who specialised in nutrition and recipes for toddlers. But I happened across one of her family recipe books a few years ago, and she has great recipes for hiding veg in pasta sauces and spag ball. And I put her spag ball recipe on our social. Um, and it's many a kid I've served it to on a Friday play date, and they're still none the wiser that they were eating carrots and mushrooms. They might know now. <laughs> but another thing I noticed about that recipe is that in the context of reducing meat consumption, it only has about 250 grams of mince mm -hmm. and could feed up to six people. So if you've ever had spaghetti bolognese in Italy, you'll see that they have very little meat in it. It's mostly tomato sauce and veg. Yeah. So think about making the meat you do buy go further. And I bulk it out with vegetables. And my top tip here, if you need to disguise the vegetables, try grating them in the food processor. It'll be much better for the planet in the long term. Definitely. Or another thing I started doing, and it's a tip I picked up from an article written by the chef, um, Yotam Otanengli. Otanengli. Very exotic. Yes, yeah. When he was asked uh, in the article what, what he makes for his family at home after a long day in his work kitchen testing recipes and so forth, he said he gets some veg. Um, if you have an onion or a scallion, chop them up, sweat them first in the pan, then add whatever chopped veg you have, Add in some stock, you know, you can make it from a stock cube um, and then add in um, a half or a full teaspoon of a thing called miso paste, which is made from fermented soybeans. And it's a bit like bovril paste, you know, that okay. we used when we were kids. And you could probably use that bovril if you want instead. Um, then add in a few splashes of soy sauce or tamari, which is the gluten free soy sauce and simmer until the veg are as tender as you like. And this makes a really tasty, easy, hearty vegetable stew in minutes. Um, and the miso paste is only about six, somewhere between six and eight 
850 euros per 300 gram jar and it lasts for ages in the fridge and it's in most supermarkets now and it really really adds a depth to flavor sounds interesting um uh, what's one of our favorite fa- phrases on this podcast lisa back to the future exactly and one tv pr- program i am loving lately is actor stanley tucci's searching for italy where he explores the food traditions and cultures in the 20 regions of italy and what I found really interesting is how even his, in the historically poorest parts of Italy, they could produce inexpensive, flavoursome meals using only a few key ingredients. Things like spaghetti with red onion from uh, Calab- the Calabria region, which was just simply sauteing red onion with a bit of garlic and some vegetable stock and mixing through cooked spaghetti. Delicious and simple. That sounds really good. And we'd like to say to our listeners, if you have any suggestions for simple Irish-based, quick and planet-friendly recipes, give us a shout on our socials at economics underscore IE. Yeah, so share share these recipes around with, with other moms. And if you're thinking, again, my kids won't eat that, just try it. I know it's tricky and they can be uh, finicky. But what I've tried to do with my daughter over the years is encourage her to eat with her mouth, not with her eyes. And to be honest, I know when they go... Ooh, I don't like that. It absolutely drives me crazy. Um, and it's a, I think it's a bit of a habit that they pick up from one another in school or creche. Um, you know, so, so just try and nip that in the bud early. And even better, just don't tell them what's in it. Never tell them what's in it. <laughs> Especially if it's mushrooms. <laughs> well, listen, Tanya, so what's the next bit of economical advice for saving cash and helping to fight the climate crisis? Well, the big thing is meal planning and shopping lists. You know, my beloved Auntie Teresa used to buy the same dinner for each day of the week for years. Monday was chicken, Tuesday was bacon and cabbage and so on. And when I was young, single and carefree, I used to think, how boring is that? But she was onto a winner there. Predictable, yes, but man, it didn't make meal planning, grocery shopping, budgeting and cooking easy. And as a mom now myself, I certainly know she was on to a winner. I agree. It's a great idea. And But nowadays we have busy lives. We're time poor and cash rich well in comparison yeah. to 40 years ago yeah um, and that has put convenience buying and cooking into overdrive and that has had such a negative impact on the planet in terms of excessive packaging lengthy transportation of goods and produce and excessive food waste and the health implications of eating uh, highly processed food every day yeah and you know what also the phenomenon of the tv chef um, you know schedules tv schedules are washed with cookery programs and associated cookery books and a lot of us feel like we want to try new dishes and experiment in the kitchen the trouble is with that if you were anything like me i might make a recipe i watched or read it in a glossy book once having bought expensive ingredients to make it and then never make it again because you know it didn't work out or you know wasn't loved by the family and then what happens is the ingredients go off and go out of date and I don't know how to improvise or ad-lib recipes using the ingredients that are nudging close to the best before dates. Well, we would definitely have a few packages now in the press that are probably well past their best before date. <laughs> but mind you, TV chefs are copying on to this and to the environment. And hence, there is a movement towards cost and time-efficient cooking shows and books at the moment, which really benefits busy working parents. Like Jamie Oliver, as well as his One Pound Meals TV series, he has a One Pot Meal series recently. And of course, our own Donald Skeen with his 15 minute meals format. Yeah, it's great. So if at the end of a long day, you think you can't face cooking, ask yourself, 
Will I pay 50 euros for a takeaway, often delivered in plastic containers, or will I draw on my repertoire of five or more quick and easy recipes um, and with most ingredients already in the cupboard, turn a tasty, family, healthy, cost-efficient and planet-friendly uh, meal around in 15 or 20 minutes? And we won't tell anyone if you cheat along the way. And look, we're probably all guilty of, you know, buying expensive convenience foods or takeaways now and again. And we're probably annoyed with ourselves thinking we probably could have done something quick at home. And for our family of three, I could probably do a week's shop in Aldi or Lidl for the price of one takeaway. Yeah. And I'll tell you now, as I said, my husband had a heart attack a number of years ago. And after that, we had to completely rethink how we did our dinners. So I had to spend hours in the supermarket looking at the labels, checking for salt and fat and all those kind of things. Mm -hmm. His cardiologist had told him he could not eat beef, pork, nothing with four legs. So we were down to chicken, fish and vegetarian. So we had to introduce vegetarian options into our weekly meal planning. And I came up with about 10 meals that I would always have the contents in the cupboard any day to turn around something hearty and decent and healthy to eat. We, we would have been probably big meter eater, eaters before then and we would have probably spoiled ourselves with a takeaway once or twice a week and eat, maybe eat out as well. But also when you're facing less money in the economy and increasing gas bills and yeah. electricity and all the rest of it, you know, we wouldn't want anyone else to wait for a health crisis before they yeah. turned around and, yeah. and changed their ways. Yeah. So prevention is key. It's yeah. better to be more proactive than reactive to a situation that yeah. happens. Absolutely. And, you know, to that end, the, the, the Environmental Protection Agency, the EPA, have come up with five simple tips to help consumers hold on to their cash for longer and help fight the climate crisis. And we're going to plagiarise these as mom actions, which we'll post on our social at economics underscore IE. I think you mean borrow. Oh, yeah, borrow. Sorry. <coughs> borrow. <coughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, imitation is the form, uh, highest form of uh, flattery. flattery. Yes, yes. And they are, right, number one, make a meal plan. Two, check the cupboards and fridge before hitting the shops. Three, write a shopping list. Four, freeze leftovers and food about to go off. And five, experiment with what you have to avoid waste, right? So my aunt was obviously ahead of her time. Um, she did all this in the 80s, since the 80s. Yes, and I'll tell you one thing that we have. We I got this magnetic dry whiteboard that I put on the fridge. I got it in Tiger a few years ago. And as you know, we run out of things in the in the press, we write it down. We also use it maybe to suggest a dinner option for the week or mm -hmm. stuff like that. But it's a great way of just keeping track of what you need to buy. And before we go shopping, we just take a quick photo on the phone mm -hmm. and then that's our shopping list done for the week. Yeah. It's a really, really easy way to make sure that you're not running out of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Remember during COVID, we had to be a little more exacting about what and when we shopped for our groceries. True, we had more time in our hands, but we could generally just go to the shops once a week. And they, with some of the food supplies curtailed, we had to rely on more non-perishable ingredients. And I would just say, we used to fight as to who got to go and do the shopping because it was the only time we ever got to leave the house. <laughs> Full makeup <laughs> and your best clothes. Oh, I know. It was like, it was such an escape. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, it was all that that inspired the TV cookery programme Cook In with Mark Moriarty, which was on RT and again, sponsored by good old board Bia. She's they're getting great shout outs in this programme. Um, maybe they'd like to sponsor us. Maybe they, they would. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so um, and, and Mark uh, is a chef in the Greenhouse Restaurant in Dublin, which has two Michelin stars. Nice. Um, uh, but, you know, 
this guy knows all about home cooking and he, the show was that aimed uh, to help viewers maintain a balanced diet while reducing supermarket visits during COVID restrictions. Um, and he focused on showcasing recipes that made the most of the food we have at home, the fresh freezer food and non-perishables, tinned, pulses, packets and leftovers. So we each have a few recipes in our own repertoire of quick and easy hassle-free recipes and we'll be happy to share them on our Instagram. And please pass on any quick and easy recipes you have using the hashtag EcoMeals and we will share them on our Insta Instagram yeah, too. Yeah. And shout out as well um, to Safe Food Ireland who have their own YouTube channel where they demo simple, nutritious, cost-effective um, recipes and it's well worth checking that out. And of course, as I like to say, there's an app for everything now. Okay. There's ones where you can input what ingredients you have in the kitchen and it pops out a recipe. So there's ones called Super Cook, All Recipes, Dinner Spinner, which I like mm -hmm. that name, and Magic Fridge, to name just a few. There are smart fridges that tell you what's at home and can input a meal plan for the week and churn out the shopping list. Mm -hmm. But at all times, don't lose sight of the three considerations when grocery shopping. Number one, distance. How far do the produce and ingredients travel and where possible buy local? The packaging how much plastic and non-compostable packaging is wrapped around your food and seasonality this is always best it's the freshest and most delicious better yeah well that's better for the climate so from an environmental point of view it's not just about the food itself it's also about the appliances you use to cook with that can greatly impact your energy bills and carbon footprint so we have a few economical suggestions to help reduce these yeah, so say you're going to roast a chicken this Sunday. In your conventional oven, it'll cost about €1.20 for two hours to cook the chicken. Yeah. Each ring on your hob will cost approximately $0.33 cent for half an hour. So for three pots and the oven, that's two twenty to cook the dinner. Right. But if you switch to a mini oven, the cost of cooking the chicken is reduced to just $0.60. Cent. And if you were to use a tiered steamer pot to cook your potatoes and your two veg on top, that one ring in the hob means the total cost of cooking that dinner is less than one euro. That's oh. a massive difference. Oh, that's bad. Um, and you know what? There's also a good resource on gov.ie forward slash reduce your use uh, with regard to appliances and what they cost to run. So you can check that out to see which is the most efficient um, appliances to get and, and most efficient method to cook your food. Good idea. Um, and as we mentioned earlier, Jamie... Um, and other chefs are now promoting the one pot cooking approach to save time, washing up, always good, and energy costs. As we mentioned earlier, Jamie and other chefs are now promoting the one pot cooking approach to save time, washing up, which is always good, and energy costs. And of course, our Tanishta, Leo, brought the benefits of batch cooking back into the conversation recently with his boasting on Instagram of his fridge full of batch cooked meals for the week, all in plastic containers. Um, there's a few Irish chefs and healthy lifestyle gurus like Susan Jane White, author of the Clever Batch Cookbook, and Olympian and fittest family star Dervil O'Rourke promoting batch cooking to save their midweek dinner times and sanity. Mm -hmm. I watched Phil Vickery on ITV's uh, this morning sometimes, and he devised a two-course meal that can be made wholly in the microwave. And we'll tweet that link plus a couple of other recipes we found that can make use that you can make use in the microwave. One being creamy mashed potato and the other one is brownies for two. Mmm, sounds good. 
He also has highlighted the high cost of cooking in a conventional oven, showing how a baked potato in the oven for one hour uses 27 pence, UK, of electricity, but done in the microwave for seven minutes, it's a mere three, cent, three pence. Now, the microwave potato is not necessarily crispy like it gets in the oven, but I think we can put up with it like that just to make a 90% saving on the cost of cooking. And the lovely former Great British Bake Off winner Nancy Birthwistle has some fantastic money saving tips on her Instagram. One idea is to place thinly sliced potato between two sheets of greaseproof paper with a little squirt of the spray oil. It gives you lovely crispy crisps straight from the microwave. And this is a really healthy option too as you can control the amount of oil and seasoning that's used. Yeah, and you get the crisps without getting the plastic bags. True. So to recap, these are the mom actions we should try to follow in order to minimise the impact our dinner times have on the planet while also keeping more change in our wallets. So plan your meals before going shopping. Check what's already in the cupboard and the fridge and the freezer. And keep cupboard staples like on the board be a link we'll post on our social. Make a shopping list and stick to it. Um, don't shop when hungry. Um, uh, and if you are drawn to the bog offs, the buy one, get one free, share with your neighbours or freeze the excess before they expire. We are lucky to have a great community sharing WhatsApp um, in our neighbourhood and we always share out excesses. Um, and if, if anyone's looking for something, you can send them th- that direction. Like a cup of sugar? Yeah, totally. And, look, and the other thing is like build a, a repertoire of easy recipes and simple pr- food prep hacks and cheats to draw on when the tummy is rumbling and time is of the essence. The kids are getting antsy and you are exhausted. But instead of dialing Deliveroo that'll cost you the same as a new pair of shoes or a haircut. Or a much needed facial. <laughs> look, don't be afraid to experiment with leftovers and cupboard essentials. Like how delicious are reho- reheated leftover potatoes? And veg with a dash or two of soy sauce or a sprinkle of garlic salt. Mm, mm, yum. I like it. Um, do you know what? All this talk of dinner is making me hungry. Me too. But before we go, we've time to award a gold star to the supermarket or supplier who are pulling out all the stops to make moves in the right direction to help consumers make more sustainable, planet-friendly choices. And this week, we have two gold stars to mm. award. Yeah, brilliant. First up is Lidl, who swapped the polystyrene pizza bases to cardboard, making them now recyclable. But only if they're clean and dry, folks. Yeah. Compostable would have been better, um, Mr. Lidl, but keep going, improving and reducing packaging. And hopefully all the rest of you supermarket chains will follow suit. Here, here. Look, and the second gold star goes to Beach Lawn Organic Farm in Balnaslow County, Galway, for their wonky veg box. That's eight kilograms of organic misshapen some might say phallically shaped irish fruit and vegetable for just 10 euro but sadly everyone's halo topples sometime and i'm afraid our good friend jamie oliver despite all his positive moves in conjuring up planet-friendly meals and tv shows has dirtied his bib with us uh, with his new range of quick and easy filled pasta and sauces uh, which came uh, in which we came across in Tesco this week. Yes, Tanya, unfortunately they are all packaged in single use plastic and it's not good enough to say it can be widely recycled. That's a total cop out when only 30% of any plastic packaging is being recycled in Ireland. This is such a disconnect within Jamie's brand. Please go back to the drawing board with your packaging, Jamie. Yeah, please Jamie, because we do love you. Uh, what was the favorite phrase of one of our lecturers in our sustainability course, Lisa? Action trumps everything. 
Oh, hopefully that's also a measure for the next for the next months, a few months in the US elections. Anyone Trump Trump, please. Dump Trump, please. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so even if you can make dinner times as low carbon, low packaging, low meat, low foreign imports meals twice or three times a week and avoid the waste, that'll go some way towards keeping the looming urgency of the climate crisis at bay. Yeah. Speaking of looming urgency, only five weeks left till Christmas, Lisa. Oh, yay. But look, let's not get all bah humbug about it yet. There's a whole other world of climate damaging consumerism, which we will be unwrapping <laughs> on our next episode of Economics. I have to say, from looking around the shops already, looks like the big five supermarket chains and retailers in general are being very, very naughty in terms of the majority of goods and gifts they're stocking for the festive season. There's still so much throwaway plastic tat, seasonal fast fashion and highly unrecyclable packaging around everything. It is beyond frustrating. Well, I have to say, I did pick up a box of plastic-free Christmas crackers in Aldi. But more about that in our next episode, Mm. where we'll do our best to give you some handy tips on how to be nice to the planet this Christmas and still keep up the spirit of fun and Thanksgiving alive. Okay, well, looking forward to it. Until next time. Bye. Bye.